You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 15th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk all about the Magic's upcoming game against the Los Angeles Lakers, and then we'll take a look at the trade deadline a little bit. And the two sort of competing truths the Magic are bumping up against as they try to make their team just a little bit better. We'll also talk a little bit about the Magic signing of Gary Clark and kind of how that fits into that just a little bit. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here coming to Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Los Angeles Lakers? Check out Locked On Lakers. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against, or Thursday's game against the LA Clippers? Check out Locked On Clippers. No matter what team you're interested in learning about, there's a Locked On podcast for you across the NBA, MLB, NFL, college, and NHL too. Plus, we've got great national podcasts, including Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, and Rejecting the Screen. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Undoubtedly, the Orlando Magic face an extremely difficult task starting Wednesday night. They take on... The Los Angeles Gauntlet. They're not the first team to do it. The Cleveland Cavaliers just finished their Los Angeles Gauntlet. But the Magic take on the Los Angeles Gauntlet, facing the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday and then the LA Clippers on Thursday. We won't have much time to talk about the Clippers, but they're very good. And so are the Los Angeles Lakers, of course. The Lakers currently on a nine-game winning streak, one of the best teams in the NBA right now. They have asserted themselves as one of the as, as really the top dog in the Western Conference for the moment. And really, it's all because, A, they have really good players, and B, LeBron James has really started to assert himself as one of the best, play, as the best player in the league again, in, in a lot of ways. He, I, don't think, I don't think he is, but that's a debate for another day. But they are very, very good, suffice it to say. They are very, very, very good. And while Anthony Davis is not likely to pe- play in Wednesday's game as he's de- dealing with a bruise to his, to his tailbone after, after a nasty fall a few, a few weeks ago. This is still a potent and dangerous team. When they get themselves rolling, when they get, are able to get out in transition, they are extremely good. Their shooting has been inconsistent, but, and their bench has been inconsistent, but the bench looks very good at times too. They get the ball moving. They can get, the, get it inside to Dwight Howard. It's, There's a lot working for this team right now. But a lot of it still centers on LeBron James, to be perfectly honest. It's it's not maybe as bad as it was in his Cleveland days, but it's it's certainly very reminiscent. James does a lot for this team. And if there is still one thing that this, you know, LeBron team, this Lakers team suffers from, it is that over-reliance on LeBron's brilliance. I mean, I, I, I think it should just still go without saying that LeBron just makes everyone around him look good in a way that I, I, I don't think there's any player in the league that, that, that can do what he does. 
And so really with the Lakers, it, it still comes down to with the Lakers, it still comes down to whether they're going to be able to generate offense and whether, frankly, they're interested. A lot of their offense comes in transition because their defense is so good. And no matter, you know, and I, I, I watched the, the, their game against the Cavaliers and, it, and, and their blowout win really came in a burst. They struggled for much of the first half to, to kind of assert themselves. But this team is just so dangerous defensively. When they're locked in defensively, they are tough. And the Magic, of course, as we know, struggle offensively. I mean, they lost that game to the Lakers uh, in December essentially because they, they couldn't score for in the first quarter. And they never really got back into that game, even though it was a relatively close finish. This depleted Magic team, and, and yeah, they're still depleted. They're still down a few guys. This depleted Magic team has to play just about perfect to beat a team like the Lakers right now. They need to play elite-level defense. And that's tough against a guy like LeBron, especially when you're missing a guy like Jonathan Isaac. And they're going to have to work the ball around and make shots. They can't have the kind of long lulls offensively that they've been having lately. It is a tall task to beat this Lakers team. They've got weapons everywhere. they got guys who can score. And, and while they may not have guys who can create their own shot, you know, Kyle Kuzma especially uh, has been up and down. I hate to say it again, they've got LeBron James, and he solves a lot of problems. The Orlando Magic take on the Cleveland Cavaliers at 10.30 Eastern Time. I'll have a complete recap coming up on the next episode of Locked On Magic. Well, we are about halfway through January. Are we really halfway through January? Is this, am I crazy that we're, that, that we're there? They're halfway through January. We're like, what, three weeks away from the trade deadline? More on that in a minute. minute. But if you're like me, you've probably already broken your New Year's resolution. And and for most of us, it's getting fit. It's getting back in shape, getting back in the gym. I know I have to do that as well as anyone. It's, It's tough to do during the NBA season. But if you want to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for some overpriced fitness equipment to do so. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com, that's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com, to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at a less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with the daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we will give you your money back. Well, I won't. They will. Join the hundreds and thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon today. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. That's echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited-time, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. The Orlando Magic did some housekeeping on on Tuesday as well. 
kind of, and frankly, it's unfortunate because I guess he's had a fantastic season and, and he's he's earned a, a bigger look at the NBA level, especially at his age. Um, the Magic cut Josh Majette uh, before the, the end of his 10-day contract. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the mechanics of that move, the mechanics of deciding to sign Majet to a 10-day contract was essentially because, A, the Magic needed some point guard help at the time. So it, it doesn't, and, and while DJ Augustine is listed as uh, doubtful for Wednesday's game as, as he re-aggravated that knee injury uh, in the game against the Kings, Michael Carter-Williams is inching back to a return. It's very possible that he could be back in the lineup on Wednesday. Um, certainly, they'd want that because now the Magic only have one healthy point guard on the roster. Not good. Not ideal. You'd like to have three at least. Um, but essentially, what, what, what's come out now is the Magic in cutting Majette, they, they knew that they needed that the, the, the deadline to sign 10-day contracts is, is today. It's January 15th. Uh, and so, if they weren't planning to keep Majette, and they're running out of days with Majette on the main roster, if they weren't planning to keep Majette, signing him to a 10-day contract kind of gives him a little bit of extra money as a, a well-wish and, and a goodbye, almost, uh, for for him there. Um, so, it, it, it just seems like a nice kind of business thing to do for Majette. Uh, something the Magic didn't have to do, obviously, um, you know, uh, because they, they ended up not using him in that game against the Kings, but... Um, Certainly a, a nice gesture for a guy who's putting a lot for the Lakeland Magic. He'll, he'll head back to Lakeland to play for the Lakeland Magic for the rest of the year unless he's signed by another team, which he can now be signed by another team because he's no longer on a two-way contract. Magic used that second two-way, that free two-way contract on my guy, Vic Law, former Northwestern, Northwestern player. Um, Vic uh, has had a fantastic season for the Lakeland Magic. He's been playing power forward for them, uh, able to hit threes from the outside, and, and is, frankly... Someone that I could see getting a chance to play on the Magic's roster. But that chance isn't today. That chance isn't now. For now, the Orlando Magic have filled that 10-day co- that roster spot that they gave to Josh Jett with another player. The Magic announced on Tuesday they had signed Gary Clark, formerly of the Houston Rockets, to a 10-day contract. Essentially, the Magic replacing Josh Jett with Gary Clark. Up. Six foot six power forward who's known for his defense. He's got a good base. He's good team defender, a guy that you can plug right in, and a guy who's maybe got an inconsistent three point shot, but certainly an improving one. Who's proven that he can hit from the outside. He's uh, had some nice runs with the Rockets. Run with the Rockets the last two years. The former Cincinnati Bearcat, known more for his defense at the moment, and certainly that's something the Magic like too. His good length. I think he's got a six foot ten wingspan for a guy at six foot six. Um, so he, he checks a lot of boxes that the Magic like. To me, what this move means, you know, initially when they signed Josh Majette to the 10-day contract, I, I took that as the Magic are at this point more concerned about investing in their future and kind of keeping stability more than anything else rather than trying to make some splashy move or bring in a, a high-priced veteran or someone that, that was going to really make a, a clear impact on the team. I know a lot of fans, you know, have said, well, why don't the Magic go sign Jamal Crawford? They need offense. Uh, that, that's a debate for another day. I had suggested at various points that the Magic go after Ryan Anderson, who's kind of sitting on the sidelines right now, recovering from injury. Um, it, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, someone, someone, you know, I kind of floated the idea out there that, you know, if the Magic are looking for a veteran to take on a larger scoring role for the team, I'd go call Joe Johnson. I think he can play some power forward. But ultimately, right now, the Magic need forward depth. 
You look at where the Magic are at with the injuries to Al Aminu and Jonathan Isaac. They've got Aaron Gordon, and that's about it for playing power forward. That's about the only guy they got playing power forward. Like I said, Vic Law can do that uh, on the two-way contract, but his pro, his days are prorated to 25 since we're halfway through the season. Magic are on the road. They weren't going to ship him out to out to L.A. at this juncture. So, again, uh, Vic Law isn't isn't the option quite yet, although I, I do think I do think and hope he gets his chance because, you know, I'm a, I'm a Vic Law guy. Signing Gary Clark then is about getting the versatility that the Magic want in their lineup back. Ken Birch has done an admirable job. The Magic, since Jonathan Isaac's injury on January 1st, have played really well. Um, you know, statistically, with Birch in the lineup, they have played well. And honestly, watching it, I do think that going to two bigs like the Magic have has thrown some teams off. I, I really do believe this, that 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 teams are so not used to playing two bigs that Birch has thrown some teams for a little bit of a loop and, and taken them a little bit out of some things that they want to do. And he's really worked hard on the offensive glass and really mixed things up down there and, and kept some possessions alive. So uh, this really, to me, isn't a referendum on Ken Birch. Ken Birch has played well. Um, but ultimately, this is not the role that he's best suited for. Um, honestly, ultimately, uh, teams are going to figure out how to beat Birch. They kind of did against with the Kings as Nemanja Bialica just popped on every shot, and it didn't feel like uh, didn't feel like uh, uh, Birch could get out there quick enough, or Birch could keep up, you know, laterally on the perimeter. And the Magic just had no other options. I mean, that's that's honestly the, the truth there. Ken Burch has played great again. I have nothing but respect for what Ken Burch has done. The Magic asked him to play out of position. He played it about as well as he could. And frankly, you know, they're starting Kyle Kuzma at power forward for the Lakers. Uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard's playing a lot of power forward for the for the Clippers. I wouldn't expect Ken Burch to start either of the next two games because the Magic just need more versatility at that position. Ultimately, the Magic were built as a team of versatile wings. They were built as a team of guys who could fly to the ball, who could switch positions, who could just kind of defend everything. And no offense to Ken Burch again, that is not his game. He is a center. No matter how you cut it, he is a center. A position where Frank, where you don't have to shoot the ball as much, but... At Power Forward, I can't tell you how many times I've been frustrated that Birch didn't even look at the basket. And to me, that's what signing Gary Clark at this juncture is. The Magic, you know, maybe maybe it's not immediate, but the Magic see the writing on the wall of this experiment of playing Birch at the four. While it has worked statistically, while it has looked good in stretches, it is not something that they can maintain long term. There are matchups where it just simply will not work. And frankly, the Kings were one of those. The Lakers will certainly be one of those. The Clippers will certainly be one of those. Yeah, I mean, even the Warriors might be a matchup where that just doesn't quite fit or work. Teams are going smaller, and the Magic have to be able to adjust. And it's strange to say that because this Magic team was built not to have to say that, for teams to have to adjust up to the Magic size and perimeter length. And so bringing Clark in now, to me, 
is about restoring that versatility, about restoring the way the Magic were always supposed to play. And it's it's something that they, they needed to do. Will Clark play against the Lakers? It, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think he's, he is very smart defensively. He's a good defender, a good team defender. As long as he understands the coverages and, and you know kind of gets the basic simple sets of sense for the offense, he's someone that I think the Magic could plug right in. And I think that is something that they were looking for if they were going to sign a veteran like this. But time will tell. I don't think the experiment with Birch at the floor is completely over. But I do think that that this move is a sign that, that Orlando knows they have to get back to playing the way that they were designed to play. And that's with versatility on the wings. And Birch right now just doesn't really give them that. So since we are talking about adding new players, we are officially three weeks and one day away from the February 6th trade deadline. And there's already been a lot of articles and already a lot of talk about what's going to happen at this trade deadline. It's, it's a very odd trade deadline, I think. With more, with more than 40% of the league hitting free agency last summer, there aren't a lot of free agents to go around this summer. In fact, there's not a lot of money to go around this summer, to be perfectly frank. It's an odd, odd year. And on top of that, it's not just that there are it's not just that there are so many players or there's not as many players available for free agency. There's not that many teams with money to spend. There's also a lot of teams with a chance still to make the playoffs. While the Magic still have a five and a half game lead on the Charlotte Hornets, it's really the only the Knicks, Hawks, and Cavs who are completely out of the playoff race in the Eastern Conference. And I I, I am skeptical, you know, I'm skeptical of the Hornets. I'm still Skeptical of the Bulls to some extent, although I think they can be very dangerous. The Pistons, I'm skeptical of. I mean, the, the playoff field, I won't call it set, is set, but I would feel 75% sure that, that the eight teams currently in, in the East playoff race are going to stay there. They've got a pretty wide lead on, on, the, on the others, and it's going to take a heck of a run by someone to, to catch up to, to these teams as we near the midway point of the season, or it's going to take a collapse or, or a big run to get there. Again, possible. I'm not saying it's a shoe-in, but the East looks pretty set. In the West, though, really only the Golden State Warriors are completely out of the playoff race. And so when you're talking about finding teams or finding trade partners, buyers and sellers, so to speak, which is typically the trades that get made, you rarely see trades that are just, this player can help us, our player can help you, let's make a swap. You don't see a lot of those trades as much anymore. It's more of, we need to clear the decks. We need to reset salary. We need to change things up. Let's let's trade a player for assets or let's give up assets to get a player. Those, those are the kind of deals you see a lot of at the deadline these days. There just aren't a lot of teams ready to give up on the season quite yet. And so buyers and sellers are... I don't think they've developed three, three weeks out before the trade deadline. You know, Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders was asked a little bit about the Magic and what they want to do at the deadline, and, and he mused that, you know, the Magic are probably not going to really decide what they want to do at the deadline until they get back from this road trip that they're on. I mean, this is a, a kind of big test of a road trip. I mean, they've seen what the injuries are. They know, you know, they can see where the standings shake out. But 
they're going to decide a lot of things here and, and their strategy entering these final two, three weeks before the trade deadline coming up here fairly soon. And I, and I do think we will see chatter pick up. And not from the Magic. The Magic do a very good job staying quiet. Anything that comes out, I don't think is from, from the Magic at all. Um, I, I, but I think chatter around the league will pick up here uh, in the next week or so as, as teams begin to really assess their season now that we've reached the midpoint of the year. In fact, the Magic's midpoint of the season will come after this game against the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday. And so at this juncture then, I think it's more important, at least for, for us as we analyze what this team's going to do, instead of speculating about who the Magic might go after or what could possibly develop, because frankly at this point I don't think anything has developed. I don't think anything that's been reported, you know, I think I said when the DeMar DeRozan rumor came out that, you know, A, it's too early to really be discussing such things, but but any, I don't think anything that's been reported I don't, I, ultimately, I don't think the deal that the Magic would make has been reported yet. You always have to remind yourself, so much more happens behind the scenes than what gets reported. Essentially, what gets reported, I think, trails where teams are at in their actual thought process and what they're actually doing. So, let's then assess what the team's kind of two goals are. And, and, and I would call them less goals... I would say that the Magic have two truths about this roster that I think we can that we can safely say at the midpoint of the season. And so we'll call this the midpoint of the season just, just for argument's sake, so to speak. There are two truths that I think we have to acknowledge. The first truth is, regardless of all the injuries, regardless of anything else, this is a playoff team. Granted, that is a moving target. Granted, that doesn't mean the Magic have necessarily gotten better or made the progress that we wanted to see them make this year. But as I've said from the very beginning of the season, making the playoffs last year, bringing back the same team, that made the playoffs the baseline goal. You know, you want to get that first check mark. You know, if, if you know, I think about like you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I follow Northwestern Northwestern athletics. You know, they have a series of goals they want to accomplish. You know, win, beat Illinois, win the hat, always important. Um, win the Big Ten West, win a bowl game, you know, win the conference championship, win a national championship. You know, they don't accomplish all these goals every year. But those are kind of their baseline goals, and they don't have to accomplish each one to have a successful season. So essentially what I would say is, before we step into anything else, the Magic have to make the playoffs this year. That's that's always been the number one baseline, basic thing they had to achieve. It's a goal to achieve that you don't necessarily celebrate. I'm not saying it's that's the end-all, be-all. But at the very baseline, that's what they had to do. Failing to make the playoffs this year would deem this season a failure. That, that that's, that's as simple as I can put it. And so... Now, having watched 40 games of this team at 19 and 21, are they what we thought they would be? No, they have underperformed. I, 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 I believe that wholeheartedly. I see a team that is much better than what they played played as. They haven't reached their potential. They've had several players significantly underperform to their expectations, and that's why they have a record that is below 500. That's why they're essentially league average in net rating and, 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 and 
record and everything else. But at the end of the day, they're in the position they want to be in. It's a moving target, I agree. But they are in the position they want to be in there. Seventh in the Eastern Conference. Right where they were last year. The back end of their schedule is, at least on paper, easier than the front end of their schedule. They have the chance to get better, as Steve Clifford always says, and make another run. Not saying they'll climb to sixth. But very realistically, they could be the seventh seed once again. They could have the same 42-40 and record. And at least we understand that aspect of this team or or, or that part of this team. We can chalk, you know, maybe some of the losses up to injury and say, you know, maybe this this was a better team than they were last year, even though their record doesn't show it. And I will agree with that. I, I do think that this team is better than last year's team, even if they haven't played that way consistently, even if the record, you know, doesn't doesn't show that. Again, I agree with a lot of criticism of this Magic team. They have vastly underperformed this year. So that's the first truth, that this is a playoff team. But the second truth is just as important. And that truth is about that next step and how this team takes that next step. That truth is about getting out of the hamster wheel of mediocrity, the treadmill of mediocrity. Because yes, the Magic don't want to be stuck, and I do mean stuck, as a 7 or 8 seed. They don't want to be a team that loses in the first round every year. And while I would argue that it's okay for that to happen again this year, because this year is more about proving they are a playoff team again and getting growth from the key young players that could eventually take this team to that next level, the Aaron Gordons, the Jonathan Isaacs, the Mo Bambas, the Markel Fultzes. And of course, those results have been mixed. The, the idea then is to find a way forward. And frankly, I cannot disagree with the criticism that, again, sitting here halfway through the season, a fairly substantial sample size, that this team doesn't have a ceiling on its potential outcome. It doesn't have a ceiling on what they ultimately could be at their very best. Or their realistic best, I should say. Is this team a top 16? Is this team a team that will compete for something more than just making the playoffs? Are they a team that can ultimately get out of the second round? And again, while I agree this is a better team than last year, that this is a team that is more clearly a playoff team throughout the course of the, the season so far than they were last year. It's also a team that is severely flawed in ways that will kill them when they get to the playoffs. And the same way it killed them in the playoffs last year. So the question then facing Jeff Weltman is what to do about it. I think we all agree that, yes, if the Magic make the playoffs again as a 7 or an 8 seed, then it is time to figure out the next way forward. And that inevitably probably means trading a a key guy, and Evan Fournier, and Nikola Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon, you know, one of those key players. It is 
almost certainly something that the Magic will have to look into. It's something the Magic will have to look into now as as, uh, Evan Fournier has a player option for the upcoming summer. He can become an unrestricted free agent this summer and really put pressure on the Magic to spend money on him. And, you know, again, it's certainly possible the Magic do spend that money and try and hold things tight and see if they can swing a big trade with some big salaries that they have. Um, But more than likely, Fournier is just going to be the the victim of bad timing with the Magic, at least, as far as the Magic are concerned. Um, It's Again, there's some interesting decisions the Magic will have to make here in the coming weeks and and then if if not in the coming weeks in the coming months. So the question then for the magic is how do we get better while maintaining our playoff spot? Because yes, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you think it's good or not, this franchise values making the playoffs. They believe young players improve by playing roles in pressure situations and being around a winning environment. And I, I think I, I do think that there's value to that, having again been through six years of complete complete losing environment. The next question then being, how, again, how, how do you get better? How, can you can you get better this year without disrupting the team too much and, and throwing them off loop? Is there a better deal in the summer? These are the big questions. These are the very big questions. And unfortunately, these are questions that are very difficult to answer right now without more information. Because right now, again, teams aren't quite ready to buy or sell. If the Magic do want to trade Nikola Vucevic, then you're going to have to reconfigure your entire offense midway through the season. And it's an offense that hasn't been good anyway, so yeah, maybe the offense needs to be reconfigured. But doing it on the fly is extremely tough. Same goes for Evan Fournier, who has been absolutely vital to the Magic being in the playoff hunt. He has had a fantastic season, a, a near all-star season, if not an all-star, se- all-star caliber season so far. You trade Aaron Gordon. He's 24 years old, still young, dealing with a lot of injuries this year. Maybe that's what slowed down his eventual progress and maybe giving up on him too soon is a risk you aren't willing to take. Again, you can already see there are a lot of big questions. And at the trade deadline this year and moving forward as the Magic go into the next transaction period, they have to face down these two truths. They have to find a way to get better, all the while maintaining their spot in the playoffs because to them, that is valuable. It is a fine needle to thread and one that, yes, I think Jeff Waltman will earn his money threading with whatever happens next. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. I guess that's actually the iTunes podcast app or the Apple podcast app. I have I have no, no clue what to call it. Bring back iTunes, Apple. Um, but uh, you can follow me, of course, on Twitter at R underscore me. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Stay up late with us, of course, as the Magic take on the Los Angeles Lakers at 10.30. We'll be back again tomorrow to recap that game. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. 
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 